0: Hey guys, you probably can't hear me. Uh, No, it looks like you can't. Yeah! These are the little things that I'm going to improve upon over the course of time. So, welcome. Uh, My name is Stephen Haberman, a.k.a. Pin Daddy on Twitch. And uh, there's a new series, a new series for you guys, uh, called The Pins We Play. Uh, The Pins We Play is going to be a um, periodic series uh, that is covering one game at a time. Uh, those games are going to be uh, selected either uh, by myself or by my guest. Um, my guests will be talking about a game that they own or have owned uh, in which uh, they've uh, purchased, had to hunt, find, have some experience and memorable experiences with and have decided uh, to, uh, to talk about. Uh, so there'll be a new episode every... Um, a, new, a new guest and a new game in every episode. Uh, so hopefully I'm gonna name each one with, uh, the name of the game, the name of the guest, and, you know, maybe a number, we'll see. Um, I, I warn you, this is a a brand new series. And there's a lot of things that I've gotta finish tweaking. Uh, so there will be things that I, uh, mess up. Uh, whether it be the audio levels between myself and my guest, uh, the cuts, uh, uh, whether they're smooth or not, um, the information that is being provided during the session, and, um, I originally thought that it would be interesting to have it be a um, recorded and edited uh, video Um, but I am finding that uh, these I've recorded over the course of the last few months and it has taken me a great deal of time. Uh, to even try to make edits to it. Uh, So what I've decided is that, for the most part, uh, these might end up becoming live. Uh, Live recordings of chats I have with a live video with a guest talking about a specific game. I'm going to do my best to share uh, pictures of the games and things like that in the future Um, for these first ones that might not exist. And uh, for this one, I want to start off with uh, what I think was a very interesting conversation with Kevin Manny from Buffalo Pinball. Uh, We talked about dialed in uh, because it was something that we both had experience with. So I hope you enjoy the pins we play. This is Dialed In with Kevin Manny.
1: All right, well, uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is uh, just chatting with owners. Uh, We're going to be chatting with a variety of different uh, collectors, uh, pinball owners, pinball collectors, pinball players, uh, and talking to them about the games that they own and the uh, adventures they've had uh, to get those games. So today I'm joined with uh, Kevin Manny from Buffalo Pinball. Hey, Kevin. Hey, how you doing? Good, man, good. So um, if uh, people haven't heard about you, uh, give them a brief, you know, Let's, let's find out when did you get into the hobby, and uh, what have you been doing in the hobby since uh, joining?
2: So I'm about five years roughly into the hobby, um, kind of dove headfirst. Uh, s- s- I'm, I'm more like eight to ten years into like arcade collecting in total, so I got started collecting video games, uh, stand-up arcade games. If, if you're watching the video, you can see a few of them behind me that I still have. Uh, and then I, uh, I met up with my buddy Nick Lane. He had bought a brand new ACDC pinball machine and invited folks over that were in this uh, Facebook community to, to play it. And I had never played a brand new pinball machine at that point. So I was like, yes, <laughs> I want to play a brand new pinball machine. That has to be an amazing experience. And then from there, it's, it's kind of, uh, I, I did decided I needed to get one of my own. So I bought a Roller Games. It was my first pinball machine. And then, you know, we started up leagues we started hosting tournaments and then conveniently i needed to have at least four games to host the league at my house so that gave me an excuse to buy a couple more and then i decided my (laughs) my old garage wasn't cool enough and it had holes in the floor and games weren't level and i actually realized that was the thing so i ended up building this garage with the back half of it dedicated to to pinball machines and i've got nine back here all together uh one of them is on loan from a friend but the rest are mine and uh it's kind of this hobby that just is all encapsulating once you're in you're all in and there's just so many different aspects to it that are cool as far as you know buying selling modding fixing talking about it streaming you know we got into doing the twitch streaming stuff a couple years later um and we've been doing that for almost three years now uh and we do podcasts and youtube and it's you can take this hobby as far as you want
1: excellent and and that's actually where uh, where can I found you with the live streaming? Um, I was uh, I very much was a gamer um, leading up to this point. Uh, played games played video games all my life. Um, was a, a console gamer. I didn't own um, a cabinet or, or classic games really. Um, I was playing you know the the latest and greatest at all times. And um, I found myself in this kind of hole where. I couldn't find a gaming community that I could really connect with, and that's where I ended up finding uh, both uh, you from uh, the um, Winter Games Done Quick um, and the Pinball Done Quick uh, with Joe Saeed uh, back in, I think that was probably 2016, and that's how I found Pinball as well. Uh, With those live streams, um, I realized that there was a community of people that enjoyed playing games, enjoyed Skill-based play, as well as uh, ra- random success and luck <laughs> inside <laughs> of uh, a machine. Uh, so that's where where I really found that, and that's why I'm glad uh, glad to have you on. Um, so I wanted what to start. You? Yeah, oh no problem. Uh, I wanted to start with something um, uh, something unique. Really talking about the different games that you've had, and bef- when I started thinking about this all all, I wanted to start on a machine that I had some familiarity with, and that's Dialed In. Uh, So uh, let's get started with Dialed In. Dialed In being a game from Jersey Jack, came out last year in 2017. Um, Talk to me a little bit about how you were uh, introduced to that game. Um,
2: I was introduced to Dialed In the way basically everybody was introduced to Dialed In, and that was at at, uh, Pinball Expo uh, of 2016. They uh, unveiled the game. There was huge hype for this game because it was the first game from Pat Lawler, the legendary designer, Games like The Addams Family and Whirlwind, and uh, you know, all those amazing games that he's worked on. Um, it's, it, it was, a, he had been out of the hobby and out of the industry for a number of years, and this was his big comeback game. They had announced it a number of years prior uh, that he was working on this game, so he had a long time to work on it. Everybody couldn't wait to see what this game was going to be, and they unveiled it at, um, at Expo, and they kind of spontaneously, on the spot, decided to live stream it, and they did it on. Uh, like just on a phone and somebody holding it up there and you know so you didn't get a really good impression of the game uh, to start off with and, and a lot of that was there's this vitriol on Pinside Pinside if you don't know is like the big uh, pinball community website forum where everybody gets together to talk about pinball uh, and you know there's just this huge backlash about why do I want a pinball machine about a cell phone and what's this guy wearing mom jeans and you know it The thing about pinball is, like, there's so little news that comes out. You get three machines a year from Stern. You get, if you're lucky, a game from Jersey Jack and a a handful here or there from from these other uh, boutique manufacturers. So anything that gets announced just gets picked apart to every little intricacy of the game. So if there's anything to to complain about, the Internet's going to find a a way to complain about it. But that's I got introduced to to Dialed In from there. uh, And then... um honestly we uh had been working with jersey jack so we had been streaming the hobbit with them over the summer uh leading up to that expo and uh jack invited us down to do a live stream from jersey jack pinball uh headquarters in new jersey and that was the first time i got to play this game which was an amazing opportunity so we were down there the week after pinball expo in 2017 playing this brand new game they had just shown only only people who had played it before that were the folks at, at the show, so we were super privileged. Super, we were the first ones to, to show it, uh, streamed, really kind of highlight the game. We talked to Pat Lawler on the phone during the stream. Mm-hmm. It was like the ultimate uh, pinball geek out moment <laughs> for me, talking, yeah. to, talking to Pat Lawler on the phone. It was amazing. Um, and, and, yeah, it was once, – once I got into playing this game, like, I, I'm sure you had the same feeling. Like, as soon as you – the first f- couple flips on the game, you're like, this game shoots amazing. It's mm-hmm. like – it's everything's like butter it plays like a game that an experienced pinball designer had a number of years to work on uh just go get those shots dialed in so to speak i think Mm -hmm. the game lives up to the name uh, and yeah, it's amazing. And the more I play the game, the more I really enjoy it. Uh, every time I play it, I find
1: something new to really enjoy. So, uh, you kind of brought up uh, a point that like, I think is very unique to you as a, uh, a pinball streamer and also, uh, having partnered with, uh, Jersey Jack, you, uh, you had a, you know, you had a relationship already with, uh, Jersey Jack. Now, up until that point, had you, uh, owned or had any, uh, Jersey Jack machines in your home? up till, uh, you know, when, when uh, Dialed In was introduced?
2: Sure. So um, over the summer of uh, 2017, we had gone down to the factory to do a stream fr- of uh, The Hobbit because that was mm-hmm. the game they were producing okay. at the time. Uh, and we, we saw the game. We thought it was awesome. We're like, you know, if we come down there and stream it, I bet, I bet a lot of people are going to like what they see. So um, they invited us down. We went down. It was a super hot <laughs> midsummer day in a factory with no air conditioning. Um, it was me and Nick and Martha and uh, Mike Mixertuna joined us there and Steve Bowden and we just had an amazing time down at the factory playing this this great game the Hobbit so um, after that kind of part of the deal was we would come down there and and do the stream and then they were going to loan us a Hobbit so we could keep streaming it and keep showing it off to everybody so I was lucky enough to have that at my house I hauled it back and and set it up right after the, the factory stream and we had it for a few months. It was a couple months at my house, couple months at Nick's, and we just streamed the heck out of that. So, uh, but other than that, I haven't had uh, a Jersey Jack game in my possession. Uh, I've never owned one mm-hmm. personally. We had that loaner. That was the closest I got. Um, uh, other than that, it was just playing, you know, The Hobbit and Wizard of Oz on location. Those mm-hmm. were the two games at the time.
1: So, um, you've gotten so. in has been released. You've actually been a part of helping get that. Uh, machine into uh, into in front of eyes uh, with the live streaming that you were doing with the partnership with Jersey Jack, um, did did any of that uh, experience that you had kind of push you forward in saying like this had to be mine? Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah,
2: yeah. It was as soon as I played that game, I'm like, I've, I've been a, like the Adams family to me was the game uh, growing up that I remember. I remember uh, so much like you, I was a video game player console gamer c- growing up i had nes oh atari 2600 my dad had growing up i had an nes super nintendo uh all all the, you know all all the systems mm. in my teens i got into weird stuff like the the cdi and the turbo graphics and the, the the sega saturn all that stuff so um i was way into video games and i remember reading an article i think it was in in uh game magazine or EGM, one of the two had actually featured the adams family in there so that kind of grabbed my attention because i was mm. like oh well here's this pinball machine in a video game magazine this must be something cool so i remember when i finally saw it in in person and i played it i you know i was a very amateur pinball player at that point but i uh, remember getting the thing to come out and grab the ball and and take <laughs> it back into the box and i was just it w- i was hooked i was like this game is the best thing ever if i ever own a pinball machine that is the machine i'm gonna own um so i'm admittedly a pat Lawler fanboy from way back so oh sure. uh, going in and playing this game this brand new game it brought back a lot of those memories of mm-hmm. the adams family um it, it's got some similar shots it's got that cross ramp mm-hmm. cross play field ramp shot and uh the shot up the middle they kind of set it up and everything really kind of fell into place for me with that game so yeah
1: absolutely after playing it at the factory i'm like I call Jen the, the next day. <laughs> I'm like, wait, i got to get one of these. So um, I, I think that's another kind of big point. You're, you're talking a little bit about the, the nostalgia of um, a Pat Lawler design, a familiarity with the way in which his games kind of flow and play, uh, that reminder of that experience that you had with Adam's family. And, and I know um, won't get too much into the fact that I know you, you own an Adam's family as well. Um, but with that nostalgia, you're, you know, uh, we're now at a point where, okay, I'm thinking about buying. Dialed in. Dialed in's eight thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. So, talk to me a little about any of the any of the walls that were were holding you back from just literally making that purchase. Even though, as as we already know, twenty four hours after playing it, you were like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was there anything that held exactly you up?
2: twenty four hours, but it was pretty close. <laughs> okay. It was maybe that next week, but yeah. Um, I mean, I guess at this point in my in the hobby. I've been lucky enough to kind of build up my collection to the point where I've, I've learned how to fix older games and kind of put in the time and effort over the years to build up a collection where I'm, I'm able to sell off a couple games to mm-hmm. get something new, right? Um, so that definitely helps. And there's only so much time, money, and space <laughs> that you mm-hmm. can spend on this hobby, right? Sure. And I don't want I don't want to have an overabundance of pinball machines uh, because then you start falling behind on maintenance of things and I don't want to spend my entire life fixing pinball machines like because i enjoy playing them so much but um yeah so i was like all right what am i going to sell to make this game happen because i want it that much um yes. at that point i like working with jersey jack and just getting to know everybody there i'm like these are really awesome people i really believe in w- concept and their their philosophy behind pinball they want to make you know these great full featured games that people really wanted that uh i really wanted in my home and i wanted to support that so i'm like i'm gonna sell a couple games and and make this happen i and
1: honestly i don't even remember what i ended up selling at this point but it didn't matter i was was gonna say i'm like i'm like well what you know did does your heart did your heart hurt for what you lost but if you can't remember what you lost (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly all right well that's good to know and so um and how many games do you uh currently own uh, for uh, pendants,
2: I've got nine all these, nine
1: pinball okay. machines, and then a handful of arcade video games as mm-hmm. well. All right, so it's good to keep in mind. So, like you, as you said, you've kind of built some uh, both some equity in uh, the hobby by having you know almost uh, almost a uh, you know ten machines in your home, and on top of that, you've got some sweat equity having built and worked on the machines. Uh, so, if if there was, if let's say you didn't have any of that let's say you okay. don't have any of those um, working, uh, you know, skills working and uh, you didn't have the games to sell um, right now, gut, would you be able to throw down eight grand for a dialed in?
2: <laughs> it's when I think about $8,000 for something that's just like a hobby in my mind, that's, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's You're almost buying a car, right? So unless you've got, uh, in, you know, luckily I'm, um, I'm 40 years old, so I'm so getting to the point in my life where, you know, I've got my career, I've got some some um, some discretionary income, uh-huh. uh, so that can go towards that. But sti- even still, just like the mental block on like, am I really gonna throw down $8,000 on this toy, basically this oversized man toy <laughs> that I'm gonna enjoy and play? Um, I have a hard time uh, thinking about it like that. So um, for me, like where I am. I, I would probably find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, when I got, my, I'm looking at my Tron right here, and um, this that was the first game I I went like that was over like twenty five hundred dollars that I bought. I bought it from a friend, and uh, he's like he had bought it new in box, only had it a couple months, and it was my is my dream theme. I'm a huge Tron nerd, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I really want this, but do I want to drop like five grand on this pinball machine? I don't have it right. I mean, I had it, but it would be wholly irresponsible me for me to dip into my savings and pull out five grand and throw it into this pinball machine. Um, so what I did was I, I looked back into my my gaming past and I I dug up some of the old video games I had laying around and I ended up selling enough of my retro games to pay for the Tron. So wow, and, uh, yeah. So all those um, Virtual Boy games I grabbed for twelve dollars <laughs> that were now like. $400 and mm-hmm. uh, I'm a, I'm a unabashed supporter of the Atari Jaguar and I had some duplicates of games that were worth uh, quite a bit more than I had paid for them back in the day So, and weird prototype stuff that I'm like this is just sitting in a box that I'm never going to use um, so yeah I, I put it into the pinball machine but the great thing about pinball is the games tend to retain their value pretty much so mm-hmm. even if you're dipping into your savings and you're going man, I'm, I'm dropping two grand on this, and I probably shouldn't be doing that. At least, you know, at the end of the day, you're probably going to be able to get most of your money back out of that. So um, I like to say that the the money is a
1: lot more fun in my garage than it would be in my bank account. So yep,
2: <laughs> that's, that's kind of how I think about
1: it. And so that's that actually is a really ju- good jumping-off point for, for me because uh, I bought Dialed In, and I uh, have the same experience you had when it comes to seeing it at Expo, seeing that introduction, and, and being, like, blown away. Hearing about Pat Lawler, I knew Pat Lawler from uh, enjoying uh, games like Roller Coaster Tycoon and Monopoly at the arcades in my, you know, mid to late teens. And I went to Pinfest in 2017, got to put my hands on dialed in, had uh, a a very bad game on it, and was like, I have to have this. (laughs) Because I grew up up playing games. You know what I loved SimCity. And that game is SimCity. The the back glass on Dialed In is the story of, you know, blowing up a city, bringing every disaster you can think of to this quantum city, and um, the story of kind of how that's happening and why, uh, maybe not perfectly fleshed out, but who cares? It looks cool. <laughs> and so, like, I saw all of that, and I was thinking, I have this beautiful story on the back glass that everyone can see in my house. That screen is bigger than the television that was in my dorm room.
2: <laughs> so true.
1: <laughs> and then I also have this amazing game that is coming from the Premier Builder, uh, made for the home market. And you know what, at that time, I, I don't have eight grand. I don't have, I don't have an eighth of that ready to go for a pinball machine. But I also saw it as that machine will be $8,000 and it will be $7,500 in a year if I sell it because Mm -hmm. of the value that they hold. So Mm -hmm. even though you can, as you said, have some sweat equity and and build out um, a collection that retains its value, I've never seen a video game last as long as a pinball machine does in its value. Like, I could, you know, like, if I bought, I bought, got a war, and two weeks later, I could have bought it for $20 less than I bought it at release. Yep. So, you know, I've, I've learned lessons there. I haven't learned them well, but I have <laughs> learned them. <laughs> you don't buy it at release, but I want to. Well, okay, you're going to pay for it. So that was one of the things I, I decided, you know what, I don't have the money. But I talked with uh, Pinball Star, um, Joe, um, and he... You know, I said, hey, you can go on a payment plan. You can pay it off slowly once you're ready and you feel like you're more comfortable with the, the bulk rest of the payment. You can pay that off. And that's what I did. Like, I'm, you know, I'm in my 30s. I'm not yet all the way up into my career yet. I'm not all the way into my, uh, you know, my, my savings. But I had enough where I knew I can put parts of that away knowing that that's what I wanted. It took me six months to put that money together and pay it off. And uh, – it was it was the best thing I could have done getting into pinball because it then gave me instant uh, value in my collection because what I realized from being a gamer and being a game trader, being a game bargain bin you know collector, if you have something that keeps its value, then just keep an eye out for what else has that value and trade when it's still up. Trade when mm-hmm. it's high. Keep it when it's high. So um, you bought your dialed in when? Um,
2: I, I so I actually took delivery of it uh, over the summer of last year. Okay. So yeah. So tw- summer 2017. So yeah, we had we had gone. It was I guess it was Expo 2016. I think I said 2017. Before oh. It was Expo 2016.
1: They announced it and then they shipped them in 2017. Mm-hmm. So I got mine in summer of 2017. And. So and I, I got them right around the same time I think it was like August of 2017, mm-hmm. um, so you've got it uh, you we, we know hey it was eight grand and you bought it from you know you bought it from them, uh, yeah. they're not uh, just for other collectors for people that are thinking about working with Jersey Jack this isn't one of those games that you know. Uh, well, they say it's eight grand, but you can, you know, get it for, like, 6700 if you go to the right guy. No, you're, you're going to pay that. <laughs>
2: right, yeah. Uh, I bought mine direct from Jersey Jack, and, uh, yeah, they sell their games right at MSRP. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I know, all their their uh, distributors do, you too. Maybe you can find somebody that will throw in free shipping or something for mm-hmm. you or something like that. But um, a lot of times with Stern games, uh, they'll listen to MSRP at, like, Five thousand, and then you can get it for forty-five hundred, or mm-hmm. you know whatever it is now. I think it's six. So it they're six thousand dollars MSRP, and you can get a couple hundred off mm-hmm. uh, if you call a distributor. The distributors aren't allowed to post their non-MSRP prices online, which is I always thought was kind of weird. So you have to actually call. They can't even email it to you. Uh-huh. So there's some weirdness going on there, and that's that's something new folks in into pinball would definitely not know. Like if I didn't have a community of folks around me who have, like, like I think of Bruce Nightingale in, in Rochester, sure. uh, hosted the Slam Tilt podcast. He, uh, he's been into this hobby for years, and he's bought you know, dozens of games brand new in the box. So he, I'm like, Bruce, uh, when I went to buy my Ghostbusters, I said, uh, "What? who do I buy from? And he said, go, go to Mike Pupo. He's great. He always hooks, hooks me up. He's, what, the Tron that I bought off of Bruce, that's where he had gotten that from. Mm-hmm. So uh, knowing good people who will
1: give you a good price, take care of you, yeah, that, that's key. So, you've got your dialed in, it's in your home. Um, ha- have you had to do any uh, major repairs to it, or any work to it? And uh, have you made any alter, uh, alterations to it? Alright, so well, there's
2: an old adage that says, if it's not broke, it's not pinball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, even brand new games, when you buy them, can have problems. And I remember when I was first thinking about buying a pinball machine, I had that kind of thought in my mind. I was like, well, I don't know how to fix these things. Should I just go ahead and buy a brand new one? Because then at least I won't have to worry about fixing it. And then I saw people getting their brand new games and the, the shooter rods busted on it or, you know, LEDs are falling out or anything. You know, theres it could be any number of things mm-hmm. that, that go wrong with a pinball machine. But uh, I only had to do some minor adjustments on dialed in. Um, the switch where the skill shot goes in, mm-hmm. the ball is getting on, stuck on it, so I had to bend that down a little bit. Okay um i was getting some bounce outs from the uh left ramp return so i put some washers underneath the uh, the ramp there to kind of slow it down a little bit uh and but beyond that it's been pretty good um some then of the mylar around the magnets okay we're coming up so i just cut out the center on those um uh beyond that i've really d- i've done some mods i've put new uh i like the titan rings uh, oh no. those are Uh, pinball flipper rubbers but they're not made of rubber they're made of uh, silicone so i like the way those play they hold up better they don't kind of gunk up your flippers the way regular rubber does so i I enjoy those i put them on
1: uh and they don't they don't shave really like the rubber's kind of you see some shavings coming off of those the silicone rings or so yeah silicone rings that's right
2: i think silicone Ah, that's what i say <laughs> he, he, people rage out when he says it
1: wrong, so I think it's silicone. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, full disclosure: they are a sponsor of Buffalo Pinball, but I was I was shilling for them way before they were a sponsor <laughs> for us. I um, I tried some of the other um, you know non non rubber flipper rings, and uh, Titan are the ones that play most like regular uh, flipper rubber. So that's mm-hmm. why I, s- I stick with those. So yep. there you go. There's that's their plug for Titan rings. Um, I put some mods for measle mods on there. They are not a sponsor of Buffalo Pinball. Um, but the I have the mod that moves the uh, Crazy Bob sign so it faces the player more, because uh-huh. um, the w- that's kind of a, a strange design decision on that game where the the there's a, a little like billboard kind of thing with three lights on it that shows you what's lit at the Crazy Bob shot, and from the factory it's positioned so you can't really see it from the player position. You got to be kind of standing to the to the right side of the machine to really see it. So the mod from Measel Mods is cool because it. Gives you a bracket to to turn it and face the player a little more, and it lights up the the sign, which is always nice. Um, And just this weekend, I put a um, Mizzlemas made a little pop bumper building mod. Like if you've ever watched the back glass on the uh, during the gameplay, there when the ball goes into the pop bumpers, the camera shifts over to these buildings that look like pop bumpers, Uh and they light up. So they made a, a real version of those those virtual buildings from the back glass, and it mounts on the on the left ramp in the back corner of the machine. It looks pretty cool. Nice, nice.
1: Yeah. So, so um, that, that's been it. And uh, when when I owned uh, when I had my machine, um, and I that is a you know uh giveaway to some of the other things that we'll talk about. Uh, all right. Uh, so back to. Uh, on mine, uh, on my dialed in, I ended up having the um, the known issue on the uh, the left lower um, kicker. There was a uh, hidden pinball trick. What, what am I talking about? A eh? uh, the trapdoor. Trapdoor. Thank you. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, words you know, they're words. good for good for podcasts. <laughs> just not not something I, I enjoy uh, remembering. Um, so my uh, mine would go down without any problem it would not come back up very easily so it, what, what, what i really appreciated about that was that it was not game breaking uh so even though from the moment i got it it did not work in uh, the correct way i could play the entire game and instead of it doing the orbit it's just going to come out of the phone right so for the better part of the time that i owned that game that was happening um It was a little frustrating, but as I said, I could play the entire game without it really affecting whether I could continue my game or not. So I left it for a majority of time. I did find um, actually the other host of the Slamtale podcast, Ron Hallett, uh, shot a quick video of a basically bending a little piece of metal to make it work. And I believe that was Ron Hallett. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, sure enough, sure enough, like I did that and it worked. So. You know, again, knowing a few people, being connected to this community, um, I basically uh, was told a whole bunch of times from Jersey Jack, just uh, lube it up and it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I did that. It still acted up a little bit and then kind of bent that little piece of metal. And sure enough, it was perfect. Um, And I will say that 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 was that was the only thing that went wrong on that machine. Um, I think the only other piece was I did those Titan uh, rubbers as well or uh, silicone rings. and uh, they got a little tight on the um, the far right. I'm trying to remember how close it was to the flippers. It wasn't down by the flippers. It was over by the drone shot. Okay. Um, so the drone shot, it got a little too tight. So every once in a while, when I flipped to the flipper to st- like to get ready to start a ball, you know just check the flippers, I was getting points. Oh, get like, okay. you, know, 10, 20, so you get like 10, 20, 30 points, the, the just a flow. little, yeah. but it's yeah. just enough where I was just like, hey, <laughs> how long <laughs> would it take me? <laughs> the, yeah,
2: those are the things you learn uh, when you own pinball machines, yeah.
1: Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, it was just, you know, pull the silicone ring a little tighter or you know, pull a little harder on it and put it back on, it's fine. Yep, or get
2: a, get a switch adjuster and just to adjust that switch a little bit more if you want to go the advanced technique
1: route. Yes, yes. I was the beginner, so I, yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go,
2: see? Glad we're having this conversation.
1: Exactly. So um, you still have the machine. Uh, as uh, a, I, I can see it in the background. I uh, turned it on as inspiration in the background, yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And <laughs> um, have you had uh, a moment, a, uh, a game on it, a shot on it, uh, anything that you, you would say like really has just solidified it as a, uh, a member of your collection or uh, just a member of uh, a memory that you're going to say, like, thank God I had this. Thank God I got to do this.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, the memory is going to the, the factory and playing it, right? Mm-hmm. I, so I have this super personal connection with this machine, you know, helping to be part of the game's launch in, in whatever small way we were, uh, you know, talking to Pat. And then just from there, it's been, I knew I liked the game, but I didn't appreciate it until I had it in my house as much as I as, a, as I do now I, if that makes sense uh, yeah every time I play the game I find I, I, I look at different parts of the play field and I just I really admire the attention to detail that Jersey Jack puts into their games uh, for example on the le edition which is the one I have mm-hmm. um, it's got the ramp lights right so you didn't yep. have this on your game I did the, not. the standard doesn't have that uh, but what they did was I was, I was looking at it I was like man they had to run a lot of wires to all these lights, and you can see them uh, along the side of the ramp. So what they did was they put these little, like, high-voltage signs on the, the ramps that make it look like those are power cables, like, powering the city. Uh-huh. You know, it's like th- those little things, you know, it just—I I have a background in graphic design, so the, the animations and everything that, uh, that John Paul Dewin does on the, on the animations on the screen— they're they're number one in the industry mm. like i appreciate every attention to detail at the end of the game when the spotlight's up on the screen and you look down in the theater and that's where the light is shining up on the back box mm-hmm. like, that's awesome like no way they had to do all that and put all that into it but they do and uh, i just love that about the
1: game and i think that that's a really good point something else that like uh, by buying it as early as we both did Uh, there were some real significant improvements upon the game after Mm -hmm. 1.0. You know, you bought it and it was 1.0, or very, very close. Uh, And, you know, while I was playing it, I put in, you know, an update at 1.4 or something like that. And all of a sudden, um, if you got a game well enough that didn't get a high score, but uh, did get past a certain point in the game, the announcer would talk to you about, like, and and this has been uh, Quantum City. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that wasn't happening before, and all of a sudden there was these new call-outs occurring in the game that were bringing the world of Quantum City to life in the game, and it just it blew my mind that they could do that. And finally, uh, I think one of the biggest um, a- additions for me was that I- I'm a newer player. I'm not going to get to the wizard mode. So they put in a mini wizard mode that's mm-hmm. halfway through and a whole lot easier to get to finish six modes and you get to see chaos and quantum city. And the f- the simple fact that I was able to get to something like that uh, when I did feel like I had really only started to scratch the surface of, of understanding that game. And that came post purchase. That that is a an addition that came to me. I didn't pay for that upgrade or that update. I got that. I was so pumped. To, to hit a mini wizard mode, to know that I now had this new uh, variety of gameplay occurring in the game, and and for it to, to be basically free to me.
2: Yeah, uh, so y- you hit on a couple points there that are really interesting. Like, the whole concept, I mean, we get it in the video game side too, right? You buy a game day sure. one and there's, you know, a five gigabyte patch you have to download and it changes the game all over, mm-hmm. but uh, pinball machines, it's like they have to build these things. And they have to keep the production line moving so they can keep people employed, so they keep money coming in, so they can keep making games. So sometimes these games come out, and the, the code is not finished. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, even if you know the game technically is all there, all the modes and everything are in there, there are bugs that crop up or uh, scoring, balancing that they need to do once the game gets played in tournaments. Mm-hmm. They'll see certain high-level competitive players really exploiting a certain part of the game, and they don't want that. They want the pinball designer wants you to play the whole game. They don't sure. want you to just hit the left ramp all day for major, major points, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's awesome. And I forgot my other point. So <laughs> we were talking about... Um, what were you talking about? We were talking, talking about, about the uh, uh, Mini
1: Wizard mode and the extra uh, releases. Mode. Yeah. Uh,
2: so Joe Katz was uh, one of the programmers on on Dialed In. Uh, and I talked to him at, at this past Expo 2017. And he that's when he told me, oh, when do you get... The uh, I was just about to get my my dialed in, and he said, "When you get it, we're gonna have brand new code coming out, and it's gonna add this feature to the where you can overcharge the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wh- if you hit QED, then that'll increase all the, the value of your modes, and it's also gonna add that any wizard mode in uh, Cast and Quantum City. So that you know, it's a real balancing act for these m- uh, manufacturers and programmers because they want. Yours, we talked about the, the price of these games. They cost so much money. So they want to give you something that there's a lot to do in. It's super deep. Uh, so when you bring it home and unbox it, you don't see the whole thing in a week. And you're like, well, that was boring. And now I'm ready for something new. Yeah. Uh, they want you to get your money's worth out of these games. So, But it, not everybody's going to be able to get to you know, Showdown. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. to Showdown. I've gotten Armageddon a couple times, but I haven't gotten to the end, end wizard mode in my game. Yep. And I've been playing pinball for five years. So um they realize that hey not everybody's even gonna get to, to showdown so let's put something in there so these newer players when they when they have like the game of their life they can make something cool happen mm-hmm. it's just not just like oh well I got three more modes than I usually get you know yeah
0: <laughs> so yep, absolutely it's
2: it's a, it's a struggle and you know you're not gonna please every person with every machine and uh, that same goes for video games and everything else but um, I, I, I'm really a- admiring you know the, the thought and the, the level of detail that goes into these games these days.
1: And so um, to close out specifically on Dialed In, um, if you could do it again, would you buy it again?
2: Yes. This is my – it's my new favorite game of all time. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be Tron and Adams, and I still love both of those games a lot. But
1: right now Dialed In is right up at the top, so mm-hmm. it's staying. And uh, to to share with you, as I, as I uh, alluded to, I don't have dialed in in my home anymore and that is not because that game is not good it's probably my second favorite game of all time Um, I'm newer to the game so I'm also uh, I might pay for that like I like this game Uh, I really enjoyed it and I paid the price to get it brand new Uh, but having that equity in my collection gave me the opportunity to cash out a little Um, my wife and I had to deal with some things that were happening around the house, dealing with some things that we needed to do in our lives. And so I said, what if I took what was at the time uh, fishtails and dialed in and turned that into something else that I really wanted and something else that I wanted to try? And I traded fishtails for some cash, and I got a Gottlieb silver slugger. That is a fun little thing. Mm -hmm. Not the best-known game of all time, but you know what? It's actually one that I'm learning how to build on. I'm doing a play field swap on it. I'm learning a great deal from that machine. And the other is that I traded Dialed In for cash and my holy grail machine, Indiana Jones. The Williams. So the the good one from from what everyone says. Uh, And I was able to get what, if you look at that Williams, Indiana Jones today, it would cost what a Dialed In costs. Um, and probably in the not-so-distant future, it will. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if that value goes up exponentially. Uh, But in the same breath, I will say that that dialed-in is probably going to grow in value as well. Uh, Once they stop making them, uh, there's not going to be 19,000 dialed-ins made. There's 19,000 Indiana Jones-Williams made. So there, there is a set, a number, but uh, that's a whole lot of pinball machines. Uh, whereas Dialed In is, you know, maybe not as popular, uh, but I would say uh, is absolutely putting itself in the uh, upper echelon of games ever.
2: Yeah, it took a while for that game to really catch on, and that, that was kind of the downfall of doing an original theme. You know, mm-hmm. everybody said, we want these awesome original themes like Medieval Madness and Attack for Mars nobody's making unlicensed themes anymore um we need somebody to do that and jersey jack went out on a limb and they did it and there's not that instant like connection when i look at Mm -hmm. a a ghostbusters or a tron or something that i already have like it's a known quantity like yeah i love this world so this is something i want to have um they, they really had to sell dialed in hard and jack traveled all over the world taking those machines to shows and because he knew once people got their hands on these games that they were just going to love it, and especially the seasoned pinball players. It plays yeah. like one of those 90s Williams games if they had never s- gone out of business. If they were still making games today, that's what it reminds me of. So, um, yeah, it took a while for that game to really catch on, but now
1: that people are, are, are getting their hands on it and playing it, uh, you know, the popularity is just going up. And I, and I want to express this because I think it's a unique thing that um, folks right now don't know. Uh, when I went to say – uh, you know what, I'm going to look at cashing a little bit out and getting something else for Dialed In. I could have picked any game in existence and got it. So I did a payment plan to get Dialed In. I was able to pay over six months and get it. There isn't a way for me to do that for an Indiana Jones. There isn't a way for me to do that for, you know, well, maybe for a uh, Monster Bash or Medieval Madness Remake, uh, you know, those, those remakes nowadays. But literally when I, I had my game uh, listed for trade, on Pinside for 36 hours. And I had 30 offers. Wow. So, like, pick a game, I was offered it. And that's what was important to me. It gave me the opportunity to get a game that is harder for me to find. I got to pick my quality. I looked at a bunch of pictures of a number of different machines and was able to say that one is the best looking. It's the one that I want the most, and it's going to save me money on all the mods that it already has in the quality it's already standing in. I don't have to do that work. That's what equity is already in it. And so that, that was really big for me. And, and I will, um, I, I want to make sure that I'm a little bit more direct in kind of the, the costs associated. So, you know, Dialed In was $8,000. I traded it for a, a cash value of what I suggested was 7500 And I got, I got $1,000 out of the machine and still got an Indiana Jones. So, like, that's what I did. And that's what gave me every game that I wanted. And I can still say that if I could have had Dialed In and Indiana Jones... That's what I would do. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's $16,000. <laughs> <Yeah, that's laughs> and that fun. is a car. <laughs> that's, <exactly. laughs> that's the it's down payment. Hobby. Yeah, that's a down payment on a house. Uh, <laughs> You're not kidding. So, so that's that's really what we wanted to. Uh, I wanted to make sure people understood today is that Dialed In is an amazing game, and whether you can trade for it, whether you can buy it outright, or whether you can contact these distributors and talk to them about, hey, I want to go on a you know, six month plan. I know I want it. I know I want you to hold it for me, and you know, here's here's what I can do for payments. They'll work with you. So. If it's a dream theme, if it's a dream machine for you, it's probably not a dream theme based on the response of inside. <laughs> but but it's a fun game, uh, and it's an amazing game. So keep an eye out for it if you can get it. I think uh, Kevin and I both agree uh, it's it's a it's a must-have. Highly
0: recommended. Yeah. All right. Uh, so so that was that was dialed in.